I'm Shannon. I'm Mark. And this is Dirt Sailor, the podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages under Dirt Sailor Podcast. How are you doing on this fine day? Doing fantastic. How about yourself? Doing pretty well myself, thank you. So I wanted to talk about something we broached uh, last week. Which, which was? was? <laughs> which was regarding Kyle Rittenhouse. So I watched some of his uh, cross-examination. And under cro- cross-examination, he was asked about his EMT skills. Because I guess on, I, I don't know if there's video of him or, or what, that said he was an EMT. So you brought that up last week, and I said I wasn't sure that he was the EMT. I had heard that Grosskirk was the EMT. Well, it turns out that he had been going to the Firefighter EMT Cadet Academy, and they would meet once a week learning different techniques and stuff. And so he was actually asked by the prosecutor if he was on staff when he called himself an EMT. And he said no, yes and no. So the the yes part was he had volunteered at different events, and he got shirts that said staff. And so it was considered possibly a misrepresentation of his skill set because he might help places, but he wasn't actually there to be a full-on EMT. And with the cadet program, it doesn't lead to licensure at the end of it. Right, right, right. So when he was on Tucker, when he gave his interview, he talked a little bit about being a EMT, non-EMT, and that during the rioting, when there was other folks getting hurt, um, he actually went to render assistance to them as well as the guy that he had shot. Yeah, so, yeah, he was a member of the Antioch Cadet Fire Department, and he did learn some skills that helped to render first aid at different points. That's pretty awesome. I don't know if you listened to any of the interview at all with Tucker, but actually a sharp young man, just turned 18, Going back and watching part of the trial and watching what a lot of the media and our well current president now, he was running then, said about the young man prior to him even being tried. Um, if we weren't so bent on just destroying everybody for any little thing that doesn't meet their criteria, we wouldn't be in these predicaments in the first place. All these rioters that were tearing stuff up, oh, it wasn't a riot. It was a peaceful protest. That's why you burn buildings down, you burn car lots up, you beat people, you shoot them, you kill them, all in the name of peaceful protests. And one thing I find really interesting about how they want to routinely declare it a peaceful protest, if you look at a lot of the Black Lives Matter protesters or the people that are out supporting other black individuals, They're not the ones that are lighting the the dumpsters on fire and attempting to push it over to a gasoline station. Uh, It's white people. Yeah, it's the Antifa type guys. Yes, so it was white guys doing destruction, and somehow they want to marry up the two and say that it was a peaceful protest. No, some people came in there taking away from the true cause and the you know what's really being sought after. And it's white people. It was white people who were causing the dumpster fires, chasing other people. I think the person who even shot the gun in the air that seemed to have precipitated Kyle Rittenhouse thinking he was getting shot at was also white. So a bunch of white people causing a bunch of problems and somehow 
they're saying that 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 was peaceful because they don't want it to be associated with unpeaceful and BLM. I think there should be a, a fine. Right. They need to split it 50-50 mm-hmm. and say, yeah, 50% of it's peaceful. BLM protesters um, are being very peaceful. But like you just said, you have a handful of them coming in from other locations that are making it not so peaceful. And those are the Antifa types. And they're also, from what I've read, um, not dumb people. Some of those young men and women are actually educated and come from middle class to upper middle class families. Yeah, they're th- but you have the people that are there to cause destruction, and and they do it. They'll do it at all costs, just like looting. You know, you have a handful that maybe legitimately need groceries if you're looting a grocery store for your family because you can't afford to feed them. But then you have people that pile on, and then they just start stealing senselessly. Well, apparently they're the ones that are happening in now northern and southern California and San Francisco and Los Angeles you have people going into Nordstrom's, stealing really high-end things, and there's been dozens of people doing it at any given time. I think in San Francisco there was one night that was 80 people, they said. So now they're doing it with a ringleader, they're coordinated attacks, and the answer, according to Newsom, is to tell Mayor London Breed to get her city under control this is after both of those people supported defunding the police. Now they're saying, why don't you have police out there to help stop them? These are, are true criminals because it's okay if it's a one person going in and stealing some stuff from a CVS, but it's not okay if the person is with a group of other people and, and stealing these high-end things. And that's interesting you turned in that direction because line item number five I wanted to discuss today was the fact that California is starting to look a little lawless. Thanks, DAs across California, for your zero bail and early release of criminals. However, now that it's big-name stores like Neiman Marcus and some of those, the leadership is saying, whoa, 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 whoa. we got to put a stop to this and put a stop to it now. Now we care. Why didn't we care when it was CVS getting looted? And we're not talking CVS, again, somebody going in, I need tampons, maxi pads, and... Food, chips, drinks, whatever. Instead, they're they're taking the most expensive makeup that CVS might sell, anything that they can get their hands on and just walk out the door with it. That was okay. Oh, but these uh, really big-name brands probably donate a bunch of money mm-hmm. to these Big ticket donors, yeah. absolutely. Oh, now we care. I think that all of them should shut down in San Francisco and in Los Angeles, and just say enough is enough, that they could take it into their own hands by not doing business there anymore. True that. Hey, let's talk about my favorite subject of all time. Pizza? Pizza and beer. No, COVID-19. So apparently there's a new variant. Oh, out of South Africa. Yes. I just heard that. It is B1.1.529, and it has caused the World Health Organization to bring together an emergency meeting today. This one is known as the most significant variant yet. Some scientists say it's a horrific variant. The variant was first identified in Botswana earlier this month. So now various countries are shutting down travel. And our great leader here, Dr. Fauci, says he'll look at the numbers and the info and then he'll help decide if we're going to shut down flights or not. All hail King Fauci. You know, what's funny is when uh, Trump started shutting down flights, he was labeled a racist and xenophobic and all of that. And now it's like, oh, well, there might be something to this. 
Absolutely. And we have a health department director in St. Louis that just got busted with one of his emails calling people that question COVID or any restrictions as lunatics. And he's told all the people that work for him, make sure you just ignore these idiots. So basically what he's saying is, don't question authority. You're too stupid. We're the smartest people in the room. But video after video has shown me that there's issues with vaccines. There's issues with mass mandates. There's issues with how we rolled this thing out. And if you use Florida as a model, I believe they were only closed down for a week. I heard too. Yeah. When I was trying to look up the history of it, I read that it was about two weeks. And then after that, they started implementing different measures that they thought would help, including ramping up sites for monoclonal antibodies. Yes. As well. That would be correct. And it's weird because a singer by the name of Brian Adams has just tested positive for COVID again for the second time in a month. And he's what you call your fully vaccinated. He's had the original shot and he's had, if I read the article correct, two booster shots because he travels a lot. And he was uh, traveling to, I believe it was Milan. And when he got there, he tested, tested positive. So they rushed him off to a hospital. Just can't quit getting it. No, looks like this is going to be a lifetime thing. I look at some of our schools, and and if you don't show up to school, you get marked absent, the school doesn't get money, that sort of thing. But now with COVID, there's an exception. If you're staying out for health reasons, the schools still get the money. It's not a real absence. So why haven't we been doing this our whole lives? Why are we encouraging kids to come to school sick So there's no absences because you have excused absences, unexcused absences. Schools will get money. Schools won't get money. Why have we been encouraging perfect attendance? I mean, that's something that I remember as a kid. Perfect attendance. They would give out uh, cars. I think at the end of senior year, they had a car on raffle and just different things that to encourage this perfect attendance. And we never seemed to care that we were encouraging people to come to school sick. Nope. And, yeah, I think uh, kindergarten through sixth grade, I think after sixth grade, perfect attendance, you got free pizza. Yeah. I'd rather have the pizza than the car. Cars are too expensive. Gas is too expensive. Yeah. It just amazes me that we, well, I guess we're getting to a place now where we're encouraging people to stay healthy instead of show up when you're sick, which is a good thing. But why I think the rest of our life needs to show this, whether it's, not going to work when you're sick or not going to, to school when you're sick and everybody doesn't not get paid because they did the right thing. Correct. So I was actually thinking about our military this morning. Ah, Dirt Sailor podcasting. Why would you not think about the military? And I was thinking about um, veterans and all things worldly and all these refugees that were coming over from Afghanistan it's interesting that I happened to pop up the news this morning and there was a short news article that said 82,000 refugees from Kabul, Afghanistan have not been vetted or up to 82,000. So let's let that sink in for a minute because speaking of Veterans Day, during 9-11, it only took 19 terrorists to take down two towers and slaughter almost three thousand people that'd be 2,996 humans to be exact well how do you reconcile that we're bringing them over we're pl- transplanting people and not that the people are bad themselves 
just we're not vetting them. We're transplanting them all around the U.S. in all 50 states. We're letting people come up from the southern border, basically unchecked for the most part. Or the ones we do check, we check them, we release them, they show up, they show up, they don't, they don't. We're not vaccinating them. How do you reconcile all this? You don't. You look at your government and you say, why are you so hypocritical in your own in your own actions, in your own way forward regarding the same subject? Oh, American citizens, you're a terrible person. We hate you. You're too dumb to, to talk to and, and all of that, but unless you get the vaccine and then you're acceptable after that point. But if you are foreign and you come here lawfully or unlawfully, oh, that's okay. We'll, we'll just, well, actually, if you come here lawfully, they're requiring people to get the vaccine. If you come here unlawfully, then we'll, we'll just let you. It's not fair to them. They've had whatever set of circumstance. Just release them. Let them go. Oh, so bring them up here with a set of circumstances and risk them getting sick and dying. Yeah. That's pretty smart. Yeah. Pretty smart people. They're the smartest dudes in the room because they're the ones that always create the problem and then say they're the solution. Yeah, and then we have a a government who's only too willing to start having these carve-outs for people. So we're told, oh, you're a federal employee. Okay, you have to get the, the vaccine. It's absolutely mandated. Oh, but this group with this union representing them has negotiated, like the teachers' union, you don't have to get it, or... Rather unions, and typically they have bigger bargaining power and a lot of people under them or that they represent, and they get to negotiate not having a vaccine mandate, and we pick and choose. Okay, you, okay, we'll negotiate. You don't have to have it. Oh, but this guy over here, no choice. We're not even going to give you a religious exemption, a medical exemption. We don't care. You have to get it no matter what. And on the vaccines, you know, I'm a video junkie, as I always say, and I've watched several videos because I try to come up with my own conclusions about things that I see here and talk about. And this one particular doctor in England, from England that I follow, last night's video, he was talking about side effects from the uh, vaccine two to five years from now. And research in England, and I believe it was France, is saying that there's potential heart issues due to one of the chemicals that's in the vaccine and it can cause um, clogging of the arteries. So if you have folks that have already gotten the vaccine that have issues with their heart and their arteries, man, they're in big trouble in two to five years. And they say the numbers are 18% to 50% could have medical issues in five years. And right now in the United States... Uh, there's vaccine injury courts, and you have the burden to show that it's more likely than not that you got it from the vaccine. But COVID-19 hasn't made it to that the vaccine hasn't made it to the list yet. Well, it's going to be hard to hide it if 100 million people come up with heart problems all of a sudden. Well, they'll just say it's obesity or bad diet or something. They'll right. They'll come up with an excuse because it's a numbers game, as you and I have said the last three or four episodes, and. They're hoping that, you know, that 18 to 50% die before they have the opportunity to sue or do anything. they yeah. can do anything about it. Absolutely. They're already talking about putting it on the list of infant vaccine uh, vaccinations. I know we have emergency order right now for 5 to 11-year-olds. They're already testing it on babies. All right. Well, if they're having this, convening this meeting today about the new COVID variant, to see if the vaccines actually do anything why would you be pushing if the original 
COVID is pretty much gone now, and they're on to the fifth or sixth variant, um, I think we need to worry about that variant, which we don't have a vaccine for, or what's the thing? What, what is it? Or treating people. That's another thing that we seem to forget. I understand you have some preemptive stuff, which the vaccine is supposed to be, but if we're not there, are did monoclonal antibodies stop working? Uh, are the percentages just such that it's not really a thing anymore? I don't understand how we're not trying to treat people who are getting it. Right. Me being the simpleton I am, I don't understand uh, the whole thing, especially with the monoclonals since they actually do work, and I know that for a fact because I took them. So you're wondering how, I'm going to jump back on the subject, you're wondering how millions of people could end up dying and then we know nothing about it. Well, we've already been shown by our media that they will black out any subject that they deem as misinformation. So, and then come back later and say, oh, it turns out it wasn't misinformation. They'll tell us the truth maybe sometime in the future, but they will willingly black out information across the airwaves yeah and that goes back to the individuals that are in charge of these companies and departments they need to be held to account don't you think absolutely you know who else needs to be held to account besides Fauci yeah is our vice president and by account her mouth listening to her speak the best thing that she could do for the remainder of the three years of their term is just not speak because she's riddled with inaccuracies She laughs and giggles too much about serious stuff. And I think think there's something wrong with her as well. I don't know if it's the same thing that's wrong with our president, who has issues because of his age and because of brain surgeries. But for sure, she says stuff that is just off the wall. I think she says whatever's been told to her to say. I don't know that she speaks for herself. And technically, she's a representative of the Biden administration, even though they always say Biden-Harris. But technically, her boss is the president, and whatever the agenda is, she's supposed to follow. So maybe she doesn't know what to say because she thinks some of this stuff is goofy. And so she's trying to toe the party line, but she has a hard time with it. Possibly, and I can understand that, especially because he can't string two sentences together and be coherent. So she's obviously confused, you're right. Or somebody's telling her what to say as well, like they're telling him. Yeah, I, I definitely think there's a few different puppet uh, masters pulling the strings on on these guys. So do you follow communist countries at all? A little. Little? Russia? They're communist, yeah? Yes. Did Ukraine used to be part of them? Yes, and under broke, the USSR. Yeah, and they broke away? Yes. And then now... Um, couple news reports today it looks like russia is probably going to attack the ukraine in the next two to four months so one of the things that i read about russia attacking the ukraine because this isn't the first time that they've they've staged to attack someone is every time their economy's in the tank or there's some other big news story going on they actually go and and pick a fight with someone so that way all eyes are off the fact that bad other things are happening Yeah, and I saw this morning that the leader of Ukraine must have got some inside info because he's worried about a coup attempt in the next couple weeks. So if he ends up mysteriously dead or jacked full of nuclear waste, you'll know that somebody from Russia was sent over there to take him out. But we're going to be in trouble if Russia and China are in collusion together and they decide to simultaneously hit Taiwan 
and the Ukraine at the same time. True. True. And we have um, different countries who are changing their allegiances. They used to support Taiwan, and now they've switched to China, the Solomon Islands. They're now supporting China. They allowed China to build an embassy. Uh, So now we have countries that are switching to China, no longer supporting Taiwan. Well, apparently we're starting to do that as well. And if you look at uh, Southern California, Long Beach, almost every port there where the big shipping containers come into used to belong to U.S. companies, and now they're owned by Costco, C-O-S-C-O, and that's the Chinese military. Yeah, we're definitely... Switching our allegiances, I guess you can say. So let's go back to cognitive test, cognitive reasoning, and our president. Do you realize that he took his physical last week, and nowhere in the physical or nowhere in the testing was a cognitive test, even though hundreds of millions of Americans know our president has a problem. When our previous president was in office, he was asked over, I believe, 150 times, by the opposing party members and outside entities that he was nuts and he must take a test. Yet the only thing they did for Mr. Biden was check his elbows, check his knees, check his nose, and check his toes. Yeah, it's quite interesting that people demanded Trump get a cognitive test, as you said, dozens and dozens and dozens of times. But Biden, no cognitive test. That's because he's fine. He doesn't need one. Not even shocked that he didn't take one. Because if he was fine, he would have taken one. Absolutely. And he's only done 13 sit-down press conferences since he's become president. And that's lower than, I think, multiple presidents combined, obviously. And uh, every time he gets questioned by the media about that, he just simply looks lost and doesn't answer. Well, and then Saki or one of the other representatives will say, oh, our administration takes questions all the time. What are you talking about? We're talking about Biden. Specifically, not your administration. Right, not Saki or the Veep. Yep. Biden specifically. So people were up in arms when Trump didn't do a press conference when he met with the Chinese leader back in 2017. They, you know, they said so much negative stuff about him, yet Biden doesn't do pressers all the time. And, oh, well, he's just a low-key administrative official. You know, he's, he's not like Trump. He's just low-key. Not taking questions or only taking questions when you have specific orders of who you can take the question from, what question they're allowed to ask. They want them to give their, their questions ahead of time, or he just turns tail and runs to the nearest exit. Well, and it's amazing that since I'm a registered Republican and I lean Republican and some independent stuff, why our party doesn't have a stronger backbone. Because it seems like we get pushed around and and manhandled or woman-handled quite easily. I I don't know why we don't jump in there and say, you know what, enough is enough. You go take the cognitive test. Do it now, or we're going to do X. I don't know if there is an X, but... 25th Amendment. That would work. So, is there an Army-Navy football game coming up, or has it already been I played? think it just happened, where the uh, Army decided to kid goat nap, I guess. Oh, yes, and they <laughs> took the wrong goat. goat. Do you know anything about that? I don't know very much. I just saw the, the little blurb that they took the wrong goat. So, they did take the wrong goat. The goat is a Navy mascot used for the Army-Navy football game. 
They have used a goat since 1904. They've named every one of them Bill. I guess that stands for Billy Goat. So West Point has a mule for their mascot, which they started to use in 1899. And they've never named one of them, though. They keep them nameless. And the, the thievery of the goat took place over 70, started 70 years ago, but was banned in 1992 after the Navy shipment went after the opposing team's animal. <laughs> and they got a little overzealous. They tied up some Army dudes. They cut some phone lines. Oh, they, no. Yeah, they, they went a little little overboard. So this year, obviously, as you just stated, the cadets fumbled their mission by grabbing the wrong bill. <laughs> Oops. Yep. Oops. So uh, jumping back to the the COVID discussion, did you oh hear what's going? God. Sorry. No worries. Did you hear what's been going on in Australia? Um, not recently, but I imagine they're probably doing what they were doing a few weeks ago or months ago, which was uh, throwing people in prisoner camps. So they are throwing people in COVID camps. What was happening before it appeared was, oh, if, if you have a place that you can uh, isolate, you were allowed to isolate. So if you had an apartment, get groceries delivered, you were allowed to, to isolate. Now they are basically hauling people off to these COVID camps. And if you were uh, exposed they're hauling you off to the COVID camp too until you can either test negative or just keep you in quarantine the whole time. So now it's it's up to dozens and dozens of people that are, are in these quarantine camps. And apparently it's also hitting their native population pretty hard. And so now you have them forcibly removing native individuals and putting them in these camps. Not the Australia I wanted to move to. No. I, I thought they were kind of like America. Apparently not. No. They're more like China or Russia. Yes, they are. In California, uh, they have a prison system where there's not as many women's prisons. Typically, there are less women committing crimes and getting long-term prison sentences, but there are a fair few. Uh, our local one here is uh, near Chowchilla. There's a women's penitentiary there. Female prisoners are suing. I don't know if it's federally or just the state of California because it's a California state prison, but female prisoners are, are suing, I, I do believe it's the state of California, for endangering their lives because they have had a number of cases where genetic men, biological men, have been able to say that they identify as women and California has then placed them into the prison that I goes with their self-identification. So you are not required to have had surgery to remove boy parts. Uh, you are just required to affirm your, your claimed sex. So biological women are suing because of these policies have left them endangered and uh, raped in some cases. There's one woman in Chowchilla, I believe it's in Chowchilla, that she is pregnant and she is a part of the lawsuit because she was raped by a biological man. In addition, apparently they are saying in this lawsuit that 
California is not taking the biological differences seriously enough, not just in cases of rape, but I guess they now have harsher chemical irritants because men typically need, biological men, more irritant to to actually stop them. And some of the other items that they would use on men and women are different because of the biological differences, size differences, all of that. Now they are training them with male-related uh, irritants and um, other items. And so they're trying to use that as a part of their lawsuit to prove that there are differences. There are differences in the two, yeah. Yeah. which there are. So obviously then that uh, young man that raped those two girls back east in the two bathrooms, that's not an isolated incident. And not only is it not an isolated incident, so they tried to claim that he was not transgender, he was not gender fluid, Pictures have now been published of him online. Now, provided he's a minor, so the people publishing the photos have blocked out his face. But he is wearing a low-cut women's shirt or girl shirt and skirt and and appears to be outwardly somewhat identifying as a woman in order... I don't know if it's in order to get into the women's restroom because that doesn't seem to be the only place that he's raped someone. One was in a classroom. So... We are, we fought so hard for women's rights and women's space. And it seems like within the last couple of years, we've decided that women don't count anymore. Gone back 30 years. Just like uh, Mr. Obama, when he was in office, some of his policies that people were carrying out for him, I think, took race relations between blacks, whites, and other ethnic groups back 50 years. I don't know if you saw, so after the Ahmad Aubrey trial, which was a trial going on at relatively the same time as Rittenhouse, uh, they found the three men guilty of killing Ahmad Aubrey, and his dad went out to give a, a press conference. So I mean, they had the press conference. He was asked to speak, and he actually said that it doesn't matter what race you are, if this happens to your your family, nobody should be allowed to do it. Nobody should be allowed to oh, chase somebody down, hold them, try to. So he he actually said, "All lives matter." And it's been really interesting in, you know, some people wouldn't accept that phrase, that statement, or the way he he spoke very well, and I can't even imagine his, his pain that he's Oh, his grief through. and pain is immense, I'm sure. But how we can come together by not dividing ourselves. Cause if, I feel like if we keep dividing ourselves, we're, we're doing more of a disservice. Yes, listening to, uh, I'm guilty of not following that trial. I didn't know anything about it, actually, until the day they read the, the guilty verdicts. All they talked about was Rittenhouse. That was, I, I feel like Ahmad Aubrey, we should talk more about him. Absolutely. And what's interesting is we're calling, I know there were three assailants, but they're, we're calling the Ahmad Aubrey trial by the victim's name. And we can say he's a victim now, or you could say he was a victim before, because um, so we're going by his name, Ahmad Aubrey trial. It wasn't his trial. It was the trial of the three men who killed him. Right, right. But with Rittenhouse, we're not saying it's the victim's trial. We're saying it's the Rittenhouse the, trial. Yeah, so I, I found that interesting. I don't know if it was just easier to say one name. So when there were three potential victims or three potential assailants, we didn't say the three names. We said the victim in one case and then the claimed assailant in the other. Well, listening to the charges, listening to the verdicts, and then listening to... The, um, the young man's attorney, the deceased young man, apparently 
the DA in that district did not do anything for 70-some days. So it appears that what folks were saying is correct, that they were just going to let this thing go and not even prosecute these guys. And I don't know how you could look at that and wait for 70 days to actually arrest them and decide that you're going to charge them with murder, or as they called it, basically a lynching. So in that case, it appears that the the dad... So there was a father-son and then a neighbor. The dad was a former or a current investigator, former police officer, and knew the prosecutor. So they had some sort of a, a relationship in which he was able to get her, I think it was a her, not to press charges. And what led to charges was someone, I'm not sure who, leaked the cell phone video that the neighbor had taken during the whole perpetration of, well, the the chasing down and all of that and the killing, that video was leaked to the public. And then and only then did they actually start investigating and demanding an investigation because it went public. So it was the outcry from the public, Lynn, that caused them to actually prosecute. Yes, it doesn't look like they would have prosecuted otherwise so then now somebody needs to if that prosecutors voted into office there they need to vote them out oh i think it's beyond voting i think this is take away their license or or pull their license or charge them with some type of criminal criminal intent or something absolutely well i think it would fall under conspiracy well it makes it makes you wonder though how many times across america does this happen and so i always thought that maybe you know a lot of the black community wasn't looking at things correctly and there were accusing people of malfeasance is that the right malfeasance word? or bias yeah or bias because they're black or it was driving while black or shopping while black well now watching a lot of these trials and listening to a lot of them this is obviously factual that a lot of this has happened to them for no reason other than the color of their skin and i thought we were well beyond this you know many moons ago yeah i thought that we were we were beyond it too, and there's definite areas in our society where we show we're not. And does that mean it's every single police officer? Every no, it's not. Does it mean it's every attorney? No, it doesn't. But it's happening often enough, and we need to do better as a society. Absolutely. And, and what was this father, son, and this neighbor doing? Were they just out hunting a person? It appears that this was the, from what I've read. It was the fifth time Ahmad Aubrey was in the neighborhood, and they're accusing him of burglarizing a vacant home. I don't know what was inside the vacant home, but apparently he was seen on video a couple of times going into this home. And so their claim is that they'd had some burglaries, and he was a suspect. So when they saw him, they went to um, do a citizen's arrest to turn him over to the cops. That's the the claim, was they wanted to stop this guy who was there to burglarize the house again. So that appears to be what precipitated them going over. But then when he, they had guns, I'm sure he felt unsafe, somebody approaching you with a gun. Uh, but he then tried to run away, and they chased him down. I think you can put somebody under citizen's arrest, but... At the same time, if they fight back, I mean, that would be scary. Right, Someone right. saying, I think you did a wrong thing, so I'm going to arrest you. 
I'd be like, uh, no, you're not. I don't know you. Get away from me. I can understand why Ahmad Opry would leave. So if the father was active law enforcement. So I think he was an investigator, okay. private investigator now, but was previously. Okay, so I wonder if he lost his job at the force for strong arm tactics <sighs> and doing things. Obviously, the man wasn't right. None of the three of them. Because you could have very easily put up cameras in that abandoned house. I think they had cameras, well, and that's then, how they knew. So it, their then, investigation yeah. should have been done. Right, okay, and then you, you call the police department. Citizen, yeah. We did name. our due diligence. You call the police department and say, hey, here's the video. This young man is breaking into this house. Please go arrest him. Right, you're done. I mean, you, you've done your part. Good job. You put up cameras, whatever the case may be. Get a better camera if you want a better photo. I don't know. Work with the person whose house is getting broken into. You have decisions to make there. It does seem like that was truly taking the law into their own hands versus if we go back and look at Kyle Rittenhouse, he was trying to get away. And the idea that you can't bring a gun into a place, a street, whatever, when you're lawfully allowed to carry whether it's concealed carry or open carry, it depends on your state. In California, you can't open carry. There's no open carry law in California. You have to have the, the gun taken apart. I've seen some of the protesters who want open carry, but they have to dismantle it to a certain degree in order to be able to carry it in public to not uh, violate the law in California. I understand that other states have open carry laws, so it is different. They have less lunatics than in other states. I'm glad you went back to the Rittenhouse case because I was just thinking about that while you were talking. And that's the fact that watching him in his interview, he talked about an FBI drone and how there was a drone flying around taking video of the protests, yet it's against the law, according to him, which I have no idea, to video American citizens on American soil with a drone. I would have to look that up. I don't know how he came up with that, but that was part of his interview with uh, Tucker Carlson. That I I would be unfamiliar with. I would think that the police would be allowed to use certain police, not FBI. Uh, well, I, yes, still, you know, and that was his, that was his statement because I don't know federal Unless law it's enforcement. That's a federal thing that they've said that they aren't going to do. Right, and I believe during that video, the DA was given the video. And they had perfect 4K video of the whole incident, which should have told them not to prosecute this kid. Yet when they gave it to him, it was a zipped file on a super small drive that they could barely see the video. So that was one of the the requests by the defense at the end was to have a mistrial because uh, they didn't have the opportunity to review. See, and I missed that. (laughs) You missed the mistrial request? Yes. Yeah, so right at the very end, after they did their... Final, uh, anything you want to input into evidence and bring up, they ended that part of the trial. And then that was on a Friday. They showed the video. So the defense shows the video that they were given, which was this compressed file, smaller quality, or worse quality. And it became apparent to the uh, prosecutor that their video was different. And so then they started talking to each other however they do that you know that hey there's another video and then they got the video on saturday and realized that there was a a big difference so on monday they filed for a mistrial as stating that the prosecution withheld the good quality evidence and they did a lot of back and forth 
uh, in the courtroom, the judge asking questions like, why should this be allowed or not allowed? And the prosecutor's office, whoever sent the video, said it was the person at the defense's office's fault because... So the original video was sent over Apple Apple to Apple, Apple product to Apple product, and they airdropped it, so the quality didn't change. They said it was this other gal's fault because she has a Samsung, or not a Samsung, sorry, she has an Android, and the quality shifted between in the email or something because she downloaded it to her phone. That was their claim. Like, we can't help technology. This isn't our fault. We didn't do anything purposeful, no malice, whatever. So the gal said, this claim that I opened it up on my phone is not true. They sent it via email, and it never went to her phone. It was only on a computer. So number one, it wasn't that she opened it on her phone and it changed the quality. And the second thing she argued was every other piece of evidence was sent to them in a Dropbox, and they did not have any quality problems. Everything came across in this Dropbox with Whatever it was sent as, it came over. This was the one piece of evidence that they did not send in the Dropbox. It's the only piece of evidence that they emailed for some reason. Because the video told the true story, and the prosecution didn't want the true story out. I bet if there wasn't so much back pressure from leaders around the country to hammer this guy for defense rights, then it would have never went to trial. Yeah, I do think that it was, well, if you look at Ahmaud Aubrey, it was public pressure that brought the trial. So This was political which, pressure. Which was arguably a good thing because unfortunately it doesn't appear that any justice would have been served had that not happened. But you look at another case where they're like, how could a kid have the right to not just take his beating? I don't understand that argument either. I don't care if it happened with a gun, a knife, a rock, whatever, anything could really be a weapon. So you could be completely defenseless and have no weapon, or you could have a weapon. It could be a pencil, again, a rock, whatever is nearby. You should be allowed to defend yourself, and you shouldn't be put on trial because you had the audacity to have a gun. Right, and that one man that was beating him in the head with his skateboard, he turned that skateboard, a recreational device, into a deadly weapon because it does not take much force to crush the skull. So they very well could have crushed his skull and killed him, and he had full right to defend himself. And I believe that once he hit him twice with that uh, thing, the deadly force was authorized. Yeah, and again, he was trying to get away. Yes. And you can say, oh, he's trying to get away after he murdered someone. Well, he didn't murder someone. Somebody doesn't have the right to attack you. You defend yourself, and everybody's like, hey, get the person who defended themselves. That's terrible. And the rest of the story, he was trying to run to the police yeah. to tell them he had shot somebody and potentially killed them. And not only that, the police didn't want anything to do with him, so what did they do to him? They waved him off. And then they turned around and maced him. Oh, I didn't know about yes, the mace. they maced him because he wouldn't leave. So then when he did finally leave, he had to go outside the county to turn himself in. Yeah. I guess because the police were told to stand off and stay away, and they didn't want anybody coming up to him, not even a guy that was trying to turn himself in. Uh, they were. Uh, I did recall hearing that the police officer was asked about Kyle's approach because he had his hand raised and the gun, and they said he wasn't the first person that day to approach them that way, 
to show that they weren't going to use the weapon against the police. Right, and that's interesting because he was not the only one, obviously, Mm -hmm. that had a gun. Well, uh, Grosskurtz had a gun. Uh, He apparently at some point had a concealed carry, and I haven't read if it just expired or he had it taken away, but he had a handgun. And um, I don't know that any charges have come from him not lawfully carrying that concealed weapon with him. And he's the one that uh, testified that said he actually pointed the gun at Rittenhouse first, right? Yes, and he gave an interview, I guess, trying to walk back that statement because that's what happened in court. And I understand it was during, you know, cross-examination, so... I, I do feel like the prosecution and the defense want to kind of trick you into a certain answer. I don't think he was tricked. I think he just ended up seeing it in a different light. But he came out and said that he didn't realize or think that he pointed his gun at Kyle when he approached him. But if you look at the video, he does. So when people go to Congress <laughs> to speak before subcommittees and they're asked a question, they say it's a simple yes or no and they won't answer it, yes or no? Does that mean they think they're going to be tricked if they say yes or no to a question? Lying to Congress, part of it is their opinion on whether or not you lied. And so I do feel like questions that don't give the full picture are are something that our representatives do because they only want their answer. Did you you breathe in and out on Friday night? It's a yes or no question. Did you, like, well, I mean... I tried to breathe, but somebody was choking me. I couldn't, but then technically, yes, I did. No, it's just yes or no. Are you still breathing now? Yes or no. So the reason I brought that up, do you recall uh, Eric Holder? Yes. Fast and Furious, all the stuff that he got in trouble He's for. He's a big old liar. Yeah, contempt of Congress. Yep. Yeah. Well, I believe Bannon and another one of Trump's supporters is now being charged with contempt of Congress, and they're going to throw the full weight of law against the two of them. Oh, well, if it's somebody we like, we're okay. And keep in mind, it's not for lying. Steve Bannon refused to go in front of Congress. He refused to go in front of Congress, correct. And if you look at the way our Fed our Fed system works, a lot of times the person won't end up getting charged or convicted, I should say, they'll get charged, convicted of the crime they're accused of. They'll get convicted for the easiest charge to substantiate for yes, whatever they reason. find something else to open the door up and, well, and go after them with. Lying to a federal officer, USC, whatever, 1001, I can't remember the whole, but it's a 1001 charge is what we used to call it. So if you lie to a federal officer, you can get charged with that, even if during the course of the investigation it turns out you never did what you were accused of in the first place, that other charge can still stick. Right, yet... We won't prosecute these FBI agents during the Russia collusion for the exact same crimes. No, we won't. We don't hold them to account. Nope. We seem to hold the American people to a higher standard when you meet one vernacular over another, which means whether you have an R next to your name, a D, or an I. Yeah, we definitely treat people different. Oh, who's in charge this time? Okay, we're going we're gonna to go after them. Oh, this other person's in charge. We're going we're gonna to stand out you know, stand down. And it's apparent we do that with our tax policy and some of these bills we pass. When one group that's in office passes bills, it goes after one color of state. And when the next group gets in, it goes after the other color. So they just bounce this back and forth. So it's really like a game that's being played and us little citizens are just the pawns. 
we're just the pawns. We can go down for things, but but they won't. They'll never go down for it. You hardly ever hear about them actually going down. Instead, they might resign or move on or or do something else, but they don't go down for it. Correct. So yesterday was a fantastic turkey day. We had some really nice uh, fixings and trimmings and happened to be my birthday as well, so we had some really nice cake and wine. And I was looking at the news, and unfortunately, there was a mom in Georgia yesterday on Thanksgiving that was stabbed to death by her 18-year-old son. We got a lot of problems in America. Yeah, we do. And we haven't ventured to take care of our problems. Well, we'll take on the, the world's problems, and I'm not saying we shouldn't help the world out where we can, but... We got to fix our own home. We have to fix our own house first before we start taking care and worrying about everybody else around the world. There's almost 400 million of us here that need help. So looking at the Navy Times this morning, there was about 40 stories I wanted to talk about, but I figured uh, we didn't have like three hours to talk about 40 stories today. So I figured maybe from here on out, we'd start doing one a week for sure, since we are a partial... Partial military podcast, uh, Dirt Sader podcasting, by the way, guys, come listen to us. We're awesome. Well, at least one half of us, one half of us is awesome. Yeah, the dad and the dad-daughter duo. Negative. The daughter <laughs> and the daughter-dad duo. But I like the uh, Army-Navy game one. That was pretty good to start with. So maybe next week we'll get into uh, something that happened in, I believe it was Japan. A poor sailor, I think he fell off the boat. They finally found him. Apparently, he wasn't able to swim long enough. The poor kid was deceased when they found him. So, yeah, but we'll get into some of those stories next week and subsequent weeks after that. Sounds, sounds like a plan. Maybe we can do some Army, Air Force, Marine Corps stuff too. Why? True that, but <laughs> simplify. Since part of my career in the Navy was working with the Marines because uh, they helped with some of the weapons training, which was pretty awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Uh, it is really interesting to look at, at the service, and it's got the good and it's got the bad, but it's definitely more good than bad. Absolutely, and looking at the VA and a couple of those articles this morning, we'll get into some of the stuff that's gone on with the VA besides the dozens of issues that happened to you over the last you know 12 years or so-ish. Oh, I wish I was that young. I know, huh? There's uh, there's thousands of young men and women, if not hundreds of thousands, that have tried to get help, and, and it's just a mess. It is. It's a mess. We ask young people to go out and lose limbs, die for a cause that we may not be totally into, but because we love God and country, we'll do it. And we, yeah. we need to figure out how to get on the top of the heap there and help them first. Absolutely. We, we don't do enough. When we ch- and there are people who try. There are definitely people who try, and I appreciate that. I I truly appreciate that. Um, it is the ones that that don't try, or I realize that in our jobs we can end up in a place where we don't care. Oh, whatever. I just show up. I do my thing, and I get a paycheck. But it can change somebody's life if you decide not to to care. And to go that one extra step, this person needs this one extra thing, and I can do that for them. Because it's not just a job. And I realized that when I worked in immigration, that it wasn't just a job. I could tell somebody, oh, well, go make another appointment. Good luck. Or I could help them out 
that day. I had that ability. I might not have had enough hours in the day. I might not have been able to always get everything done, but I would try. Right. Part of this has got to come from the heart. So when you're on active duty, if you're in during wartime, you go, you know, you go kill people and break things. Then you come back and then you're broken. So then it's nice to have somebody who has a heart that can actually help fix you. Put the pieces back together. Yes, that can help you put the pieces back together. You can never put them back together 100%. I was fortunate that I was in during peacetime, trained every single day to go to war and do my job, but I got to stay home, theoretically speaking, even though I deployed overseas four times, three and a quarter. Um, but the the poor lads and ladies that go over and actually come back broken, it's nice to be able to help them and to help fix them. Yes, truly is. So open topic, let's just throw something out there. Just a quick bullet point and then we'll talk about it. Pick one. Education. Very important. So with, it's going to go kind of VA stuff. So I applied for post 9-11 GI Bill benefits and I was denied. Now keep in mind the post 9-11 GI Bill didn't actually get implemented until 2008. So I was in before that, I was in under the regular GI Bill but then they passed the post-9-11 GI Bill, which had a little bit different offerings. You had 15 years to use it uh, once it was implemented. And that's from the date you get out of active duty. So even though it wasn't implemented until three years after I was off of active duty, it didn't apply to me. It still goes retroactive back. My 15 years started from when I got out. After 2013, they changed it. There's no date on it anymore. You can use it anytime after 15 years if you want. So I apply for, I get denied. I appeal, I get denied. Whatever, I move on with my life. Uh, the VA does help with other benefits in the end, and, and I, I complete my degree, and I move on. I get a letter in the mail in July of this year telling me that I was, in fact, eligible for post-9-11 GI Bill benefits, and they awarded me the benefits, a retroactive my date, to the date my 15 years started on the date they denied me, the exact date of denial. So they said, since you tried and we denied on this day, so that only gave me another, like, five years or so to use it. Okay, I was looking at getting a PhD, which would have been awesome. I apply for the program. I apply to the school. I get the school accepts me, and they said they'll work with the GI Bill for the funding, the government. I get a denial in the mail that says my 15 years was up October 2020. So in July of 2021, they told me I was in fact eligible, had been eligible for the past 15 years, but my benefits ended October 2020. So I appeal that and I get another denial. I go to my congressman, my local congressperson, and they said on the first one, because it was denied, there's nothing they can do. And I said, so the government can withhold your benefits until after you're no longer eligible, go back, tell you you were eligible, and there's nothing a congressperson can do to look into it or whatever. And they said it has to be an active case. So I appealed the decision, and I'm still awaiting a decision, and now my congressperson can look into it. But I just thought that was interesting, that they told me I was, in fact, eligible, but my eligibility period is ended. I wonder if it's two different departments not communicating, possibly. Could be. The interesting thing is I was sitting here thinking while you were speaking. So you have Congress that sits down and comes up with all these bills. They reconcile. They do their thing. They vote yay, nay. We get a bill passed. Benefits for military people. 
Okay, then they go and they look at people that come up from the border, south, north, east, west, whatever. They look at benefits for them, college. Hey, let's give them free college. Let's educate them all. So what is their mindset that would tell them that people that are willing to go off to war for their country, they're U.S. citizens, and die, you would even have to think twice about giving them an education versus people that come up from this, from the South, that may at some point in time become U.S. citizens, become very productive members of society, go in the military, why would you afford them benefits first before giving them to U.S. citizens? That's a good question. Just wondering, you know, just a thought in my head, because they seem to do things backwards, they being Congress, they seem to do things contrary to common thinking or critical thinking for people that are really smart, not me, simple guy. Because you look at Mr. Biden, who just released oil from the oil reserves, which was, I believe, 50 million barrels. Yes, two and a half days worth. Yeah, two and a half days worth of oil. Yet now we have a congressman or senator saying, well, if you open the Keystone Pipeline up, we could surpass that in a week, and then we could continue to pump, and we could really get prices down and not just do this fake end around to make people feel good and think that we're going to get prices down. I just filled up three vehicles this morning for work, and one of them was $4.98 a gallon for the cheap stuff. And then the two diesel pickups was over $5 a gallon, and I ended up putting in $450 worth of fuel in three small pickups. Wow. Yeah, so instead of pretending like we're actually doing something, let's actually do something. And we can, again, you want clean energy, you want a a way forward, let's do it. Let's keep the research up. Let's keep pushing forward on how we can be better because that is, we always should be striving to be better. But shooting yourself in the foot now, Well, if we're going to ask for clean energy and a clean air and clean environment, we have to go after other countries first and ask them to clean themselves up. Well, no, we don't because we just talked about taking care of ourselves first. We should actually well, right. Do Once a- that's what I meant. Though once we're taken care of, then we need to ask. I didn't say demand or yeah. force. We got to ask them to do their part as well. Or we stop buying stuff from them, and so that way we're not supporting their bad energy. Which is where I was going to go with this. Thank you very much. Which is, or we have to stop doing business with them and take all that money, support ourselves. And take care of number one first. Absolutely. So on the subject of our representatives, if you didn't know, Nancy Pelosi just bought an 11,000 square foot, $25 million mansion in Florida. And uh, she doesn't want to pay exorbitant taxes is what it appears like. She's going to a more free and open state. So she goes and ruins her home state and then decides that... Climate change, global warming, all of that's out the door. She's just going to move to a state that doesn't have the same policies. Do you notice she's like the Obamas that claims that the oceans are rising, yet their homes are pretty much... Sea level. Sea level, right on the beach. Yes. Well, I wonder if Aunt Nancy's going to invite us to stay there for a day or two. Yeah, right. Must be nice to have that kind of money. You know, I was just thinking about... I wasn't thinking about it. I was talking to a coworker yesterday about the ability to buy an island. 
So we have a gentleman that used to be the president or CEO of, I believe, Oracle, who purchased the island of Lanai, or 95 or 98% of the island. The majority of the island, yes. Yes, and he purchased it because there was a resort on the island that he wanted. So in order to purchase the resort, he purchased the entire island, pretty much. And he closed it for a bit so they could do some remodeling. And what do they call that, off-grid? He wanted to go pure solar, water catchment, and everything, so he has the perfect utopia. Well, if he wanted the perfect utopia, instead of spending that kind of money to buy a resort in an island, but there's a lot of people around the world that could have used that help. Yeah. No, he's rich, elitist. You can do it for yourself. That was his spending money. You can you can take somebody else's something and then do something for yourself with it. Absolutely. And I guess because there was a movie theater on the island that had been closed for a few years, he actually restored that and opened it back up so it appeased a lot of the locals. Oh, a movie theater. Thank you so much. A movie theater. Now, let's bounce over to Kauai, I think it is. Another rich guy. Is it Facebook guy, Zuckerberg? I know Zuckerberg bought property. Or on Oahu, one of the two, bought property and then wanted to erect a big wall to keep people from going to the beach. Yes, which is not lawful. In the state of Hawaii, it is not lawful. Public access to all beaches. They said they weren't blocking access. They were blocking people from being able to get to the road, from the road to the beach, which sounds like the same thing to me. Pretty much put up a 12 to 14 foot lava wall right on the side of the road, which is your normal access to the beach. Yeah, I'd say he's trying to block access to the beach. Yeah. Wow. Must be nice, though. And I'm not jealous because it's capitalism, a little envious that somebody has that kind of pocket change that they can go buy an island or buy land or do something in that absorbent amount. Because I think the island of Lanai is quite a few thousand acres. It's a big place. Yeah, big for a private island. Yes, big for a private island. Okay, open topic. One more. Pick one. I did. Your turn. Let's pick retirement. Okay. What's the appropriate age that someone should retire? Whenever you can. Whenever you can financially are able to do it. Which is where I'm going with all this free stuff now. Isn't any age retirement age? Yeah, it can be. Why should I ever have to work? Why do I have to contribute? I've, I've wondered that about like everything being free. Not from the standpoint of... Uh, like, I don't feel like we owe anyone anything just merely for existing. But I've wondered if you believe that everything should be free and that a person should not have to contribute to society to get a basic house, basic food, whatever, who are you to say what their basic house is? Correct. So here's a food for thought. So older people, obviously like myself, are ready to retire or getting close. So this free stuff, so instead of giving it to youngsters, this guaranteed income, and I'm not talking about Social Security that I've earned or my 401k, since now during COVID times, you want to keep the elderly and people that may have comorbidities home and safe, why don't you start giving the old ones the free stuff and the free money? Let them stay home. Yeah. Then the youngsters who aren't susceptible to COVID, getting ill, croaking, no comorbidities, let them stay out in mainstream society and work. That's that's food for thought. Let's just flip the script here. Yeah. Especially considering we've uh, 
pumped it for, well, me, 45 years now, you know, going from mowing lawns down the neighborhood to washing my dentist's car. Wasn't a whole lot of lawns down there then because it was desert territory and a lot of people didn't grow grass. So had to come up with other ways to come up with cash, which was soda bottles and taking them to the store because a Coke bottle would get you 10 cents because there was a deposit on every bottle. This has been a podcast produced and edited by the Dirt Sailor Duo. Mark and Shannon are a father-daughter team who both served in the United States Navy. This production is protected by copyright laws. Until next time, anchors away.